Welcome, welcome to the Jimmy B Sports Show on Power 90.1, featuring Bay Area Sports Insight. Now, here's your host, Jimmy B. Good morning, sports fans, and welcome to the gymnasium. This is Jim Barron. You listen to the Jimmy B Sports Show. Today is Saturday, the 14th of January. That must mean that the NFL playoffs are starting. We have two games today, three games tomorrow, and then the Bucks on Monday night. Of course, we're going to break that game down along with the other NFL games, talk a little bit about the Lightning, and some college basketball. The number here, 877-448-7901. Sports at power901.com is the email. If you want to check in that way, we'll be right back to kick off the show on Power 90.1. Do you use the expensive blue or yellow pills to charge your sex life? Are you thinking about it? What if we can promise you the same results for less than $3 a pill? Stop overpaying and call right now. Paid for by Steel Man Pills. 800-750-9886. 800-750-9886. 800-750-9886. That's 800-750-9886. Now, now, back to the show. Back to the Jimmy B Sports Show on Power 90.1. Welcome back, sports fans. Hope everyone's having a great week, great weekend. This is definitely football weather, no doubt. Temperature dropped into the 40s this morning around here in the Tampa area and getting ready for the Bucks on Monday evening. Of course, when we talk about the Bucks, that's going to be the fifth game of the uh, six playoff games this weekend. We have two games today, which we're going to get to, three games tomorrow, and then the big one on Monday night. Talking about the Bucks, eight and nine during the regular season was good enough to get us a home game in the first round of the playoffs. Go figure that. Last week, as you know, we were playing Atlanta, tried to finish on a good note. We had the starters play a little bit of the game, ended up on the short end of that score as we lost to the Falcons. But the team we're playing looked even worse than that. The Cowboys lost to the Washington Commanders last week. Dak Prescott did not look good at all. And we get into this game right now. We're going to be talking about what the Bucks need to do to win the game. Pretty much it doesn't matter what happened during the regular season, despite the fact that the Cowboys uh, were 12-5 and five during the season. We were 8-9, and nine, as we previously mentioned. All those stats are out the window. The Cowboys are 0-7 versus Tom Brady. That's out the window. If you look at the, the, the they've lost to the Bucks to open the season, each of the past two years. That's out the window. We're not the same team that we were when we played them back in September, and nor is Dallas. So it's a long season, and during the long season, a lot of things happen. Life gets in the way, i.e. Tom Brady. Injuries get in the way. You can go up and down the roster on every team in the playoffs right now. So what you have to do is look at where we stand right now, what our strengths are, what our weaknesses are, and how to exploit the weaknesses of the team that we're playing. So if you look at the Cowboys, they can play defense. Let's start there, because in my opinion, teams that win NFL playoff games can do two things. One, they stop the run, and number two, they're able to run the ball. Let's talk about the defensive side of things first. 
Dallas has given up this year 342 overall points. That includes the whole 17 games. We have given up 358. So the difference there is only, what, 16 points over a 17-game series, 17-game season? So th th that is pretty negligible right there. We have been averaging about 17, 18 points per game. Dallas is going to probably put up about 21 points in this game. So we have to find a way to score more than 21 points. Our defense will find a way to limit what Dallas is doing on the offensive side of things. Pollard, they're going to run the ball. Don't get me wrong. I think that Dallas has a good offensive line. I do believe that they're going to be able to establish the run to a point. However, I, I see the Bucks. Bending maybe, but not breaking when it comes to allowing Dallas to score running the ball. Vita Vey is back. It's going to be a huge plus for us on that side of the ball. I think that what we have to watch is get Dallas into the third and five, third and six scenarios where they have to go back and pass the ball. Now, other than C.D. Lamb on Dallas, no one... Scares me as far as the receiver goes on that team. So, if you take away CD Lamb and just watch Schultz, their tight end in the middle, their their passing game does not scare me at all. I'd be more concerned with Prescott getting out of the pocket and maybe running for those five yards than I am him throwing a pass to someone picking up the first down that way. I think that the key is going to be for us to be able to put some pressure on. On Dak, from second down, third down, make sure that he doesn't feel comfortable back there in the pocket because rest assured, that's what they're going to be doing to us, to Brady on the other side of the ball. So we need to be able to return the favor because when you think about it, there isn't a quarterback past or present that likes having pressure on them the whole game and it takes away from the game plan it takes away from their confidence and their overall ability to go out there and be productive on the offensive side of the ball so I think what we need to do and this is something that Todd Bowles is able to do I feel confident about us on the defensive side of the ball that's why I'm talking about that first because Todd Bowles is a good defensive coordinator we talked about his head coaching record and everything else. We can talk about that some other time. But as far as devising a game plan from the defensive end of things, I'm confident that we can do that. Again, this is the game that is going to really tell exactly what we have as a team from a motivational, from a mental standpoint. Physically, we're ready. I can tell you that for the most part, this team is healthy, ready to go. So it's going to come down to the intangibles. It's going to come down to special teams and, of course, defense. So the defensive side of things, I'm pretty confident that we're going to go out there and set the tone early and make sure that we can lock Dallas down. The pressure's on Dallas. Don't get me wrong. They're, they're 12-5. and five. The pressure's on them. They, they are under scrutiny from their owner, from all their fans and everyone else to go out there and not just win this game, but get far into the playoffs to the point where they're in the Super Bowl. So the longer that we're able to contain them as the game continues, the better chance we have 
to making them more uncomfortable and start rushing things on their side of the ball to be able to make some mistakes. Now, saying that sometimes is easier than actually doing it, but the way that you beat Dallas is to, number one, you keep their offense off the field, and we can do that by running the ball. I know you're going to say we haven't run the ball at all all season long. And, you know, when we do try to run it, we ran it against Dallas the first the first game of the year. Now, I'm not saying that we're going to be as successful as we were that first game running the ball. However, I do think that the Bucks' offense is going to be a little bit different than we've seen through the first 17 games this season. I don't believe they showed their whole hand on the offensive side of things. I think that they used a couple different strategies as far as the, the hurry-up offense, the no-huddle offense, all the things that Brady's good at doing when it calls to do, it's possible that they didn't want to show their hand throughout the whole season on what they were going to do. I think you're going to see the Bucks come out. I think you're going to see Fournette have a good game. There's, there isn't a more money player on the Bucks team in the playoffs than Fournette. We can talk about Brady if you want, and yes, from a quarterback standpoint, he definitely has the hardware to show for it. But as far as uh, everyday r- person on that field, in the trenches, whether it's running the ball up the middle, whether it's catching the ball out of the backfield, I like playoff Lenny day in and day out. The thing you have to worry about with Dallas, and this is why we may not see Rashad White as much as some people think, although I do think you're going to see both of them in the backfield at certain times during the game in another uh, type of wrinkle in the offense. But you have to be careful with Dallas because they find a way to punch the ball out of runners' hands. They led the team in fumble recoveries with 17 That was six more than any other team in the league this year. And that doesn't come by accident. So they're really focusing on attacking the running back's hands when he's running with the ball, trying to knock it out, trying to get that fumble recovery. So that's something that Fournette has to pay attention to, and he's pretty good at that. Uh, White, maybe not so good as, as a rookie running back. He'll learn, of course, as we go. But for the most part... Um, we have to be able to establish the run to a point, get on the pay, play action. The Bucks need to run play action on more than what they've done this year. They're the lowest rate in the NFL. I think it's 15%. So Dallas has a pass rush. They like to rush. We need to do play, op, play option play action to be able to go out there and move the ball down the field. I think you're going to see more of an urgency factor from the Bucks in this game than you've seen all season long. And I think that when it comes right down to it, this is a game that's going to be tailor-made for Chris Godwin. I think that Mike Evans... They'll have Dallas's best defensive player on them. And I think that we need to be able to, you know, take the 12, 14-yard pickup with Godwin across the middle. Look for tight end Kate Godwin along the way. And yes, you know, every once in a while, test him. Throw deep. You no, know, get down to Evans in the end zone. The issue is with the Bucks, we have one of the worst red zone offensive production from his point standpoint in the regular season this year bottom of the list Dallas is very good 
preventing teams from scoring in the red zone, which causes a problem for us. Therefore, it would make sense to me that we need to take our shots from outside of the 20-yard line. Look at what Evans did in the last game when he was out there playing. Three touchdown passes, which was, I think, half of what he had the whole season. So... They can do that. I think you're going to see a team with a, a lot more enthusiasm. And this is the time of the year that your stars, this is a, you know, A-plus rated game for your stars. They go out there and they show why they're getting paid all the money, why they're out there. And they're the superstars, the all-pro players. Evans, again, over 1,000 yards. Brady sets his own, breaks his own record for completions this year. So, they're not done yet. I'm, I'm going to say that it's not going to be easy, but the Bucks are going to go out there and they're going to show you some things on the offensive side of the ball that we haven't seen this year, in my opinion. And I do believe that we're good enough on the defensive side of the ball to come up with a scheme to be able to limit Dallas to somewhere around 20, 21 points. I think we scored 27, and I think we win the game 27-21. Would love to hear your thoughts, 877-448-7901. You can also go to jimmybsports.com and check out the website. You can get all the latest sports updates, not just the NFL, but all the sports in general. And along those lines, a programming note that's starting next week, the 21st of January, the Jimmy B Sports Show is going to be moving to 10 a.m. on Saturday morning. So make sure you set your alarm clock, get that extra hour of sleep, and make sure you tune in next week at 10 a.m. We'll be right back to keep the show going. You're listening to the Jimmy B Sports Show in the gymnasium on Power 90.1. The Property Shop, your one-stop shop for all of your real estate needs. Looking for homes for sale or rent in the Tampa market? Text HOMES to 71441. That's HOMES to 71441. The Property Shop is a full-service realty and management company with a team of partners to give you that extra peace of mind. The Property Shop is truly your one-stop shop, providing stellar service in all areas of realty. And right now, new home buyers will receive a one-year home protection warranty for that extra peace of mind on your next big purchase. More info online at thepropertyshopusa.com or 813-655-5000. Now, now, back to the show. Back to the Jimmy B Sports Show on Power 90.1. Welcome back, sports fans. There are two games today in the NFL and then three games tomorrow. And then, of course, the Bucks on Monday. The first game today is going to be at 4.30, and that's going to feature the number two seed, San Francisco, hosting the number seven seed, Seattle Seahawks. If you remember last week, uh, Detroit had to go out there and beat Green Bay on the uh, night game on Sunday for the Seahawks to be able to get into the playoffs, which they did. So as a seventh seed, they're going to be up there in um, San Francisco trying to knock off the 49ers, which is a very, very tough thing to do. I mean, for Seattle to go out there and beat the Seahawks after they lost the two games this year by a combined total of, I think, 48 to 20. It's going to be a tough task for them. So can Seattle do it? I'm not sure. You do have a rookie quarterback there, Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant for San Francisco at the helms. And I think that compliments to San Francisco on being able to build a team so that someone like Purdy, who is a rookie, last person chosen in the draft, to go in there, take the helms after an injury to Garoppolo, and lead the team to where they are. 
uh, that's just a, a compliment to the way that the Niners have built that team. Um, Christian McCaffrey, they picked him up from Carolina, obviously, during the season. He's probably one of the best all-around football players that the league has to offer. I think he's going to have a huge game. He'll probably run for over 130, 135 yards. But not only that, he catches the ball out of the backfield, similar similar to what Fournette does, but obviously a little bit younger and a little bit more uh, athletic, I would say, overall than Fournette. He can catch the ball out of the backfield and, and take it for 15 to 20 to 25 yards. So I believe that he's going to have a big game. The run defense for Seattle has been an Achilles heel for them all year long. And, you know, their pass defense also ranks either 30th or 31st yards after catch. So I tell you, that makes for a tough matchup against 49ers when you have the aforementioned McCaffrey. You also have Debo Samuel coming in um, second and third with Yak after after receptions per game. So I think that if you look on the other side of the ball, of course, you have Geno Smith. He has 4,000 282 yards passing this season. The most in Seahawks history, by the way. Yes, more than Russell. Um, But when you look at what he's doing, it's going to be tough for Seattle to compete with San Francisco down in, down out. So I think that you're going to have to If you're Seattle, maybe go to a more man-to-man coverage to try to tighten the throwing windows for Purdy because San Fran's going to score some points and you have to try to hold them as much as you possibly can. You're not going to contain them. You're not going to stop them. You have to just be able to contain them to a point. So I think that um, all those things mentioned above, I do look forward to be a good game for the first half, but I think San Fran's defensive front is going to... um, have its way in the second half and I look for San Francisco to win this game between uh, 10 and 14 points to start off the playoff season here the second game which is later on tonight <coughs> excuse me at 8:15, will be the Chargers at the Jaguars the Chargers are the fifth ranked team in the NFC in the uh, AFC right now and the Jaguars are the fourth ranked team Um, Chargers are favored right now you talk about probably two of the better young quarterbacks in the league of course I'm talking about Justin Herbert for the Chargers and Trevor Lawrence both of whom are making their first playoff start so Lawrence at least played in a winner go home game last week Uh, I think the nerves came up a little bit. He had five turnovers in his past four games. But don't forget, it's only his, I believe, second season. He's really coming into his own. And I think both Herbert and Lawrence are going to have good games. I think you're going to see multiple touchdowns thrown by both these guys. And I think it's going to come down to a last-second field goal. I'm not sure who's going to win the game, actually. I, I would have to give the edge to Jacksonville since they are at home. Uh, so it's going to be interesting. I think that you look at some of the 
you know, receiving yards that Jacksonville has had. Christian Kirk was out there. You know, he's, he's playing well. And um, the, the game plan, I think the Chargers should be looking for their own receiver in Keenan Allen, especially on third downs. He's 10 for 13 after uh, seven first down conversions over the past four games. So it should be a very good game to watch to be the second one of the day. And I do think that Jacksonville... Um, should win this game, like I said, by a field goal at the end. However, it wouldn't surprise me if it went the other way by the same score. So those are the first two games which will be played later on today. And then, of course, the NFL has three games on the docket for tomorrow. The first one's at 1 o'clock, which is going to be the Dolphins, who are seventh ranked in the AFC right now against the number two Bills. So the Buffalo is a two-seed. You know that whole story, what happened there with... Um, Damar Hamlin and you know everything that Buffalo has gone through this year. Miami's had their own problems. Of course, you have Tua Tagovailoa. He is out. He's not going to be starting. And right now, you do have rookie quarterback Skylar Thompson preparing to start, which is obviously a huge issue for Miami. What compounds issues for Miami is that their star running back, Raheem Mostert, he had um, a surgery this week on a broken thumb on Monday. He ran for 130 yards or so against Buffalo when they played in Buffalo last month. So I really think with... Being a banged-up offense, they're going to have a hard time scoring points or even trying to match points against the number two home-scoring offense in the NFL. I think that the Dolphins, they do have the receivers. You know, you do have Jason Waddle, Tyreek Hill out there. But you have to have someone to throw the ball to them. And, you know, nothing against Skylar Thompson, but... I don't believe that he's going to have all the time in the world to get the ball to those receivers. All that said, I think that Buffalo will come away uh, with a nice win in this game, and I think that they should win by at least uh, two touchdowns. The second game of the day at 4.30 is going to be the Giants at the Vikings. This is a pretty even game. The Giants are ranked sixth in the NFC. The Vikings are third. Um, you're going to see this is the fourth matchup of rookie coaches in the Super Bowl area. Of, of Super Bowl era, of course, you have Brian DeBall and the Giants and Vikings coach Kevin O'Connell, both Coach of the Year award candidates after leading their teams to much better records than anyone thought of in the preseason. So. Uh, saying that, you have Kirk Cousins on the Vikings side of things. Um, so, and Daniel Jones is the offensive quarterback there for the Giants. I think that what it's going to come down to is will the Giants be able to run the ball and keep the Vikings off the field. You have, of course, Barkley. If you're a Giants fan, you want to give the ball to Barkley on first down, second down, and third down. Run him until he can't run anymore. You know, you'll be able to score some points that way. Keep Justin Jefferson and the Vikings receivers off the field. Unfortunately, I don't think that's going to be uh, able to happen. I think that Jefferson is going to have a monster day. Uh, you know, and, and I think that the Giants aren't going to be able to stop you know, the, the wideouts there, quite honestly. So on the other side of the ball, like I said, you give the ball to Barkley all day long. Daniel Jones, uh, third highest completion rate on those plays. So I, I think that 
you have to make sure that if you're the Vikings, you contain Jones, contain the Giants, put some pressure on them, make Jones beat you with his arm, which I don't think he's capable of doing. And if you did Giants on the other side, you need to find a way to make a big play on the field, set the tone. Maybe a pick six would help the cause. But I think that when everything's said and done in this game, I think the home team, which are the Vikings, pulls this one out. The third game of the day is going to be tomorrow night at 8.15 when you have the Ravens playing the Bengals. The Bengals, of course, are the third seed and the Ravens are the sixth seed. These teams played last week. So I think that right now it's the game is at Cincinnati. They're looking to win playoff games back-to-back postseasons for the first time in franchise history. Now, do they have a good chance of doing that? Yes, they do. Joe Burrow... Uh, whether he throws touchdown passes, his leadership out there in the field is uh, immeasurable, especially at the young age that he's at. But he hasn't thrown a lot of touchdown passes, but I do think that he is someone out there that the Bengals are going to look for for that leadership. On the other side of the ball, if you're Baltimore, you know, Lamar Jackson, he's out. He made some comments that he's recovering from a... PCL strain. It's a grade two PCL strain. That means that Tyler Huntley or Anthony Brown, whoever, which one of those two was going to be under center for the Ravens. Unfortunately, I don't think it matters which one of those two lead the team. I don't think that they have what it takes to beat a very hot, if not the hottest team in the NFL right now, the Bengals. I think that when you have Jamar Chase out there on the outside for Cincinnati, Um, they're going to be able to go out there and put some points on the board. Baltimore's only hope, in my opinion, is to be able to run the ball a lot, give it to J.K. Dobbins again and again, similar to what the Giants need to do with Barkley. So those are the games on Saturday, today, and tomorrow. I think that we'd love to hear your comments on any upsets. Who do you think the upset of the weekend is going to be? Are you going to think that it could be the Giants over the Vikings? Or do you think it could be uh, Jacksonville pulling off a nice win? Quite possible. Don't forget, the playoffs come down to a lot of times it's a play made on special teams. So it'll be interesting. Again, we'll be right back to keep the show going. The number here is 877-448-7901. Sports at power901.com is the email. And don't forget to set your clocks next week for 10 a.m. versus 9 a.m. to make sure you hear the whole show. We'll be right back. Here's a real life story that affects 50% of all of us out there. It's called divorce. If you've gotten divorced and now you're struggling to pay your bills and your credit card debts are completely out of control, you need to call this special debt relief hotline right now. We help people with all kinds of money problems caused by different life challenges, a divorce, a job loss, even heavy medical bills. Paid for by Debt.com. Call now at 800-810-4086. 800-810-4086. 800-810-4086. That's 800-810-4086. Now. now. Back to the show. Back to the Jimmy B Sports Show on Power 90.1. Welcome back, Lightning fans. If you need a little bit of a break from the NFL this weekend, you can tune in and catch 
uh, the Lightning against the Blues later on tonight. That's an 8 o'clock game. Um, you know, we had two good games this week. We did beat the uh, Blue Jackets 6-3, to and then we held on to beat Vancouver on Thursday night 5-4. to That game was definitely a little bit closer than it should have been, but a, a win's a win. Right now, uh, we have 53 points, 26 wins, 13 losses. We're in that division with Boston. A couple of things for sure. At the halfway point here in the NHL, in my uh, opinion, observation is that Boston is the best team by far in the league. Um, I think they only have four, five, five losses right now. 32 wins, five losses. And Connor McDavid is the best player in the NHL right now. He has 34 goals and 43 assists in the 42 games. So those two things are certain. Everything else is going to be, you know, leading to a good second half of the season. Like I said, we have 53 points right now. Stamkos got his 499th goal. Uh, of his career on a five-on-three power play in the third period. Uh, that was on Thursday night, so looking forward to seeing him get back on the ice tonight against the Blues. I also think that if you look at this team, what they're doing right now, Vasilevsky is playing well. You have Braden Point, Kucherov. Kucherov has 61 points, 44 assists. Point has 23 points, if you will. Um, and I think the team right now is starting to gel, starting to come into its own, like we talked about the last couple of times on the show. It's, it's, it's halfway through the season. So basically, you spend the first half of the season trying to get acclimated because for the most part, every year, you do have a nucleus of players, but there's always the new additions that you need to figure out uh, where they fit in. Uh, especially here on the, the defensive end of the ice. But no, when you have Kucherov and Stamkos and Point, and no, Hegel's really playing well right now. Of course, Sergachev, Kalorn, Hedman, uh, all these guys, right, right down the line. Great season for um, Perbix that we picked up, uh, Sorelli. So I think that if you look at what we have going for us, we have experience. We know what to do in the playoffs. We know how to get to the playoffs. We know that it's a long season. And it's even harder once you get to the playoffs. I really think that the... Uh, Stanley Cup is the hardest of all the championships to win, whether you're talking about the NFL, the, no, the Lombardi Trophy there, Major League Baseball, the NBA. I think that you usually have four tough, grueling seven-game series to be able to hoist that cup. And the thing I like about the hockey championship, the Stanley Cup, is that when it's all said and done, when the team finally wins the Stanley Cup, they give the cup to the players first versus giving it to ownership or any other executives. And that says a lot to me. Um, they know what it takes to win, how hard it is to win. So halfway through the season, it's always fun in the second half of the season to see what these guys are going to do. And I look forward to a outstanding second half. And if you can catch a game, please do. It's probably... One of the best tickets in the area to go see. The sellouts are over 300 in a row, consecutive right now. And that's for a good reason. You got players like Maroon out there and uh, fan favorites, Cernak, 
players come to see, fans come to see these players, and the players love to play for the fans. It's really a very nice uh, romance, if you will, between the players and the fans that live here in Tampa Bay. So hats off to that organization. They keep on doing things the right way. And I do look forward to a great second half of the season. We'll be talking more about the, the Bolts as we go with um, football being over in a couple weeks and uh, college football's over. Congratulations again to the Georgia Bulldogs on another great season. Back-to-back championships. So um, Stetson, the whole team, I think that um, he had a great run. And we'll see what happens next year. You have college basketball. We're going to be starting to talk more about college basketball. Locally, USF uh, lost a tough game. They played... um, top-ranked Houston, or Houston, the top couple. It was a six-point game, I believe, the final was, but they played well against that team. We're going to be breaking down the USF Bulls, both men and women, in a couple upcoming sessions here. I think that if you look at um, the college basketball scene, this is typically when you have the conference play that gets underway. You know, you have uh, Purdue, who's ranked number three right now. We'll be playing Nebraska. That's going to be a good game. And I think that as we get further into the season, you're going to see who some of these players are. Um, Kentucky's obviously having some growing pains right now. Can that season be salvaged? Not quite sure, but if any coach can do it, it's going to be Calipari. Going to be talking about college athletics in general with the football and basketball, the NIL, what's going on with the NIL right now. I really think that uh, things are going in a direction that someone needs to step in and uh, pump the brakes a little bit because it's going in a way right now where the college sports programs, more specifically basketball and football, are going to be nothing more than a second level of the professional sports. So college basketball, college football, college sports in general always has a special place because it's it's college. It's non-professional players going out there representing no their school their quote student athletes and i think that we have gotten away from the understanding of of just what uh, the importance and the history of college sports if you take something and you keep on making it into something different eventually that something goes away and you create something that you don't have anymore. And that's what's going on, in my opinion, with college sports. The NIL, should the players be compensated to a point? Yeah, okay. How about the transfer portal? How many times can you transfer? Some people say as many times as possible. Some people say, you know, a few times. I'm going to say you get to transfer once. You go to a situation and... No, perhaps the coach doesn't um, retain his job or he moves on, he gets fired, he takes another job, whatever it might be. Um, those things happen. Yes, then you have the opportunity to go ahead and, and put your name in the transfer portal and go someplace else. But these guys that are transferring you know, three, four times in, their, in the course of their five-year, six-year possibly college career to me is just something that needs to needs to change so we're going to be we're going to break that down a little bit more next week talk about the nil deals it's really becoming 
something that is uh, going to be unattainable for college sports. Guys, that's all the time we have. It always goes by too quickly. The show is growing. That's the reason why we're moving it to the uh, 10 a.m. segment in the morning is one of the reasons why. We look forward to hearing everyone. Send me those emails. Go to jimmybsports.com. Check out all the updated scores, sports news. Shoot me an email, what you want to talk about in the upcoming shows. We're going to be talking about some local high school sports as well. So as always, number one, stay warm today. It's a little chilly. Enjoy the football. Stay vigilant. Stay safe. Above all, stay positive. We'll talk to you next week in the gymnasium. Have a great weekend.